mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today after a rather uneventful December, forecasters expect the rest of the winter season will be closer to what we expect in Northwest Ohio, which means it's time to make sure you'll be safe when venturing out on the road. Also this morning, what's your New Year's resolution? Blanchard Valley Health System has smoking cessation services for those who finally want to kick the habit. It's the biggest tech event of the year. We get the inside scoop on what people are buzzing about at this year's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And it's another year of fun for all from the Community Foundation. We'll tell you what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. If you are looking for a new job in 2024, we got one here for you. Uh, Pay attention to this. Oscar Meyer is seeking to hire 12 12 new hot doggers for full-time, year-long positions driving the iconic Wienermobile. (laughs) That's the 27-foot-long hot dog on wheels. If you are interested, it says candidates can apply on the Oscar Mayer website until the end of this month. The selected individuals will be part of the 37th Hot Dogger class and will travel over 20,000 miles visiting more than 20 states, distributing a quarter million wiener whistles and managing social media content along the way. The role includes unique ambassador-like duties, according to a write-up in USA Today, Overseeing weddings, introducing hot dog flavored frozen pops, and more. (laughs) Just a couple of examples of what you might be called on to do as a hot dogger, a professional hot dogger. Um, Less than 1% of applicants are typically chosen for these positions. Based on the number of people who apply, less than 1% are typically chosen, making it statistically Harder to get a job driving the Wienermobile than it is to gain admission to an Ivy League university. Think about that. Think about that. It is a prestigious prestigious job. Qualifications include strong communication skills, social media proficiency, a bachelor's degree in fields like public relations, communications, journalism, or marketing, and a fondness for hot dog puns. You need a bachelor's to drive the Wienermobile? Um, base salary is $35,600. There's a weekly $150 allowance for meals and personal travel, 18 days of paid time off, a comprehensive health benefits package, and full coverage of hotel expenses while you're on the road. So if you are interested in a job driving the Wienermobile, uh, applications are being accepted now through January 31st. So, I just, I'm here to give you the most important news of the day, things that you may very well be interested in. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Uh, Forbes Advisor is out with their list of the unhealthiest American states. Speaking of the Wienermobile, these may be the states that you visit the most. (laughs) The most unhealthy American states, West Virginia, tops the list as the unhealthiest state in the Union. Mississippi and Tennessee uh, are second and third, statistically. The analysis included metrics like disease risk factors, substance abuse, lifestyle habits, 
and Health Outlook. Um, one of the biggest things that drove West Virginia to the top of the list, 21% of the people in West Virginia smoke. And the state also has the highest diabetes mortality rate. So West Virginia, Mississippi, and Tennessee, the rest of the top 10, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Ohio, and Indiana. That's right. The Buckeye State is ninth on the list of unhealthiest American states. Uh, The healthiest states, by comparison, Hawaii, Utah, and Connecticut. So now you know. We got some work to do, Ohioans. Get healthy. This is big news. This day's news of most lasting significance may be this. A, an agriculture biotech company in the United Kingdom has gene-edited a banana so that it never turns brown, is not susceptible to disease, and can help reduce food waste and carbon dioxide pollution. This is a report from Interesting Engineering Magazine. Interesting Engineering Magazine. I found it interesting myself. The banana was granted a non-genetically modified organism exemption by the Philippines Bureau of Plant Industry and was the first gene-edited product to emerge from a new regulatory process. Um, The company behind this genetically gene-edited banana, it's not genetically engineered, technically, just a gene-edited banana. The company behind this, called Tropic, says over 60% of exported bananas go to waste. 60%. But the non-browning bananas could cut supply chain pollution by 25%, equal to the removal of 2 million passenger vehicles from the road. And they say it will also significantly reduce food waste. So, big deal. Non-browning bananas coming soon to store shelves near you. That is big news. Non-browning bananas. (laughs) Only the most important stories of the day to start things off here this morning. I want to make sure that you are uh, up to speed on all of the important stuff. This I found to be rather interesting. A new survey... Involving 2,000 Americans and 5,000 international respondents, finds that millennials are the most empowered generation globally. 69% of millennials feel economically empowered. And 75% believe it is easier to become economically empowered in the United States. Now, mind you, there's a global survey. Three out of four believe that it is easier to become economically empowered in the United States. And 69% of millennials feel that way. Those who do not say that they are held back by their age, their social position, and their education level. So, kind of interesting. And 81% of those in the survey globally say that the past five years have made them more aware, more cognizant of their economic situation. Well, I believe that. That's sure. Interesting. Millennials, the most empowered generation. And lastly, this morning, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, researchers in a study 
published in the journal JAMA Pediatrics, the Journal of the American Medical Association, the Pediatrics Journal. Researchers now say that children should avoid all screen time completely until the age of two. No earlier than two should infants be exposed to screens. They analyzed data from more than 1,400 infants and toddlers. Screen time, they say, they came to the conclusion that screen time at 12 months of age was linked to a 105% higher likelihood of sensory processing issues later on in life. Researchers say that kids under two should avoid screen time entirely. And between the ages of two and five, kids should be limited to just one hour a day of screen time. According to David Bennett, the Drexel College of Medicine, parent training and education are the key to minimizing or hopefully even avoiding screen time in children younger than age two. And, of course, uh, we as adults should uh, model healthy behavior for our kids. And what I what I take away from that study, listen to the radio more. That's the message that I'm hearing. Listen to the radio more. <laughs> Turn off the TV and listen to the radio. Hey, it's not me saying it. It's uh, education professionals in the, uh, in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Who are we to argue? Turn off the TV, listen to radio more. Very important message for you this morning. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Rainy, snowy, and windy today with a high in the mid-40s. Snow and rain possible tonight, a low in the mid-30s. The Seneca County Sheriff's Office says it was contacted by the Fostoria Police Department on Monday and advised that at Hopewell Estates on State Route 18, A Toledo company was preparing a mobile home for removal, and the air jacks failed, and two men were crushed beneath it. Sheriff's Office says one of the men, a 37-year-old, was killed, and the other man, a 61-year-old, was life-flighted to a Toledo hospital with internal injuries. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration was one of the agencies that responded to the scene. Get more on our website. The Ohio House could vote as early as Wednesday to override Governor DeWine's veto of a bill that would ban gender-affirming care for transgender minors in Ohio. Lawmakers need 59 votes to override DeWine's veto. The question is, do they have enough considering a vote Wednesday comes while many are on winter break? However, many have said they will return early to cast a vote in person. If the House does vote to override the governor's veto, it then goes to the Senate. And if the Senate then approves the override, it will go in effect in 90 days after that. Reporting the State House, Kevin Landers. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office is reminding residents what each advisory level means during winter weather. A level one weather alert means roadways are hazardous. Drive with extreme caution. A level two weather advisory means roadways are extremely hazardous with blowing and drifting snow. Only those who feel it's necessary to travel should be on the roadways. And a level three weather emergency means most roadways are closed and extremely hazardous and employees should comply with workplace policies or contact their employer and violators may be cited. Get more advice from the sheriff's office on winter weather driving in the story on our website. 
The Finley-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce says applications are being accepted for its 2024 Agribusiness Scholarship Program. Scholarships will be awarded to area students pursuing college studies in agriculture, home economics, natural resources, or other related fields. There's more information and a link to the scholarship application in this story on our website. Remember, you can always get more news online at WFIN.com. We want to jump right into our cover story this morning because after an uneventful December, forecasters are now expecting the rest of the winter season is probably going to be closer to what we expect in Northwest Ohio this time of year. And it begins today, uh, this morning, uh, getting some uh, rain and snow, kind of a slushy mix to uh, start the day. And so, and you know what happens this time of year. Whenever we get these conditions, people forget how to drive. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had to deal with these slushy, snowy uh, conditions on the roads. We forget that it takes a little bit longer to stop, that sudden movements can lead to spin outs and sliding off the road and things like that. And it looks like maybe tomorrow is going to be another day like this with the temperatures plunging perhaps down below freezing really strong winds it's going to be very very cold so if you do find yourself in the ditch somewhere it's going to be a cold wait for someone to come rescue you all of this meaning that it is time right now to make sure that you will be safe when venturing out on the road and time to take some proactive steps to prevent potentially larger more costly issues later on With all that in mind, General Motors Field Operations Regional Director for Customer Care, Nikki Doss, joins us this morning. And Nikki, you have a number of tips to make sure that our cars are ready and we are ready ourselves to hit the road in this kind of weather. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I think you hit on it. It's all about proactive and preventative maintenance. So I'm going to keep it nice and simple and start with three basic things. First, for all of the listeners, be sure to check your battery. Cold temperatures can put stress on them. So get your battery checked out by a certified technician who can help identify any issues like corrosion buildup or if anything needs replacing. The second thing is to pick the correct windshield wiper fluid. Summer fluid can freeze in cold weather, so you want to make sure you're selecting winter-formulated fluid, which is basically anything with antifrost on the packaging. And then third is to check your tires. And this is one you can do at home, Chris, using a tread depth gauge or finding a penny. If you find a penny, you can insert it into your tire's tread groove with Lincoln's head upside down facing you. And if you can't see all of his head, it's time to replace your tires. Very easy, simple test that you can do right there in your garage. I also thought it was kind of interesting, speaking of tires, you say not just tire wear and tear, also keeping in mind the age of the tires themselves is critical. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Even if the tread looks okay, deterioration can set in after about six years. So I always recommend having your local Chevrolet, Buick GMC, or Cadillac dealer just evaluate your car and they can give you the best recommendation. Are there uh, other things that we want to keep in mind as we head into this season of winter driving when Mother Nature is going to unleash what she's going to unleash on us here? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think what the what I would like to leave the the listeners with, Chris, is just a reminder on safety. So pack a 
safety kit. I have one in my car and it's got things like blankets, flashlights, um, safety goggles, rain poncho, gloves. Safety is the is the theme here. So stay safe, protect your investment, and more importantly, protect yourself. Assume that uh, you're going to need these things, that if you get stranded, stranded all of these things uh, are, are things that you're going to want to uh, have uh, at the ready. I also thought it was uh, interesting here in looking over some of the uh, tips and some of the uh, things. I would have not thought about this, but uh, when you are hopping in the car in the morning, you're, you need to defrost your windshield you actually, your AC may be the better option than the heat, you say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a good one, Chris. And that one took me by surprise as well. It's kind of like a, a myth buster. I think it's a <laughs> common misconception, myself included, to only use heat to defrost. But using your AC actually helps the process. And um, I'm a Michigander. I live in Texas now. But I, I remember those harsh winters. I know it can be brutal when it's 10, 20 degrees to even think about turning on the air, but the AC actually helps dry up the, the moist air on the window. Hmm. So that's a great one, Chris. Yeah, interesting stuff there. Uh, along those same lines, making sure that uh, things like wipers and you know all of that, you mentioned uh, windshield washers, wipers, uh, check those, make sure they're functioning and uh, that they're uh, not in need of replacement. Simple things that we can do. None of these are really uh, all that difficult. It's just taking the time to actually do them. Exactly. Pro- proactive and preventative. What about electric vehicles? Uh, I know, obviously, those are you know, all anybody is talking about these days. For those who already have them or those who are considering them, are there any winter, uh, any winter information or tips that are unique to EVs? Yeah, you know, for the EV drivers, um, it's equally important to plan for winter with the same tips, Chris, checking the tires, windshield wipers, and fluids. Um, EVs usually require a little less fluid than traditional gas-powered vehicles, but most still use antifreeze. And then I would say the main thing is allowing yourself the time to charge. So it can take longer in cold temperatures. So give yourself plenty of time, do it overnight, and then of course, knowing your range and mapping out charging stations along the way while you're traveling. All very important tips, things that we need to keep in mind as we get ready for the uh, winter season to unleash on us. Again, uh, Nikki (laughs) Doss is GM Field Operations Regional Director for Customer Care. Where do we get more information, Nikki? I would encourage all of the listeners to visit gm.com. You can get access to additional dealership information, putting in your zip code to find your local certified dealer. And for anyone who's curious to learn more about General Motors EVs, there's an entire section of information on gm.com as well. Nikki Doss, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you as well. Happy New Year. So what is your New Year's resolution? We were talking about this, um, and it's something that we don't hear as much of these days as maybe we used to, because there are fewer tobacco users out there, but Blanchard Valley Health System has smoking cessation services for those who finally want to make this year to kick the habit. Uh, Amber Shavana is uh, with us uh, this morning. We had that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Amber is uh, with us. She's medical assistant and tobacco cessation navigator with the Tobacco Cessation Program at Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine of Northwest Ohio. 
That's quite a mouthful. They it put is, all of that on your business right, card. Yeah. That's, 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 that's we a lot. shortened it down that's, a little bit. <laughs> that's a lot there. Um, so as we mentioned, this is something we uh, used to hear a lot more about because there used to be more smokers. A lot of people have quit uh, over the years, but still a big thing. Do you see an influx of people calling you up this time of year saying, you know, I want to kick the habit and I don't know that I can do it on my own? Yes, yes. No better time than the first of the year. You've got your New Year's resolution and people are ready. So we are ready to help you in any way we can. There's many different ways we can do that. Uh, That is one of those things. Uh, It is an addiction and there's no one size fits all solution. What is different now versus years ago uh, in terms of this something that continues to evolve? You continue to come up with uh, new uh, ways to assist people in kicking the tobacco head? Yes. So one person's plan is different from the others. What one person quit smoking with probably won't work with the next. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have individual plans. You come into the clinic, you meet with me, myself first. Um, and we have that intimate conversation of your smoking history, kind of what triggers you, what motivates you to quit. Um, if there's any possible barriers that would inhibit you from quitting, um, and we did talk about the best kind of plan um, with nicotine replacement therapies. We call them NRTs. There's plenty of those out there. There's um, the, the traditional nicotine patch, mm-hmm. uh, lozenge, gum, nicotrol inhaler, and there's also some prescription medicines that um, if, you know, the minimal side effects people can have with that, if, if that's right for you, we will do that as well. You know, this has been very much in the news in recent years that for many users, traditional tobacco products, cigarettes, cigars, that kind of thing, traditional tobacco products uh, have been replaced increasingly by vaping devices. Yes. Is the, uh, the goal is the same to quit tobacco slash nicotine products to break that nicotine addiction because that's the addictive part. Um is it the same? I mean, is the approach the same if I want to quit vaping versus want to quit smoking? Yes. Um, also, we would use those nicotine replacement therapies because you are getting nicotine through the vape. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to know that anything other than clean air is not good for your lungs. So yeah. there's not a ton of research yet with any lung association with long-term effects of vaping. Um, however, there have been some. So... Nothing other than clean air um, and, you know, those little um, e-cigarettes that they have. Yeah. Those are concentrated versions of like those big fog machines you see. Mm-hmm. So you're just breathing that into yeah. your Yeah, uh, That is a good point that you make. And I think it's worth underscoring because uh, I think the myth is that these are safer alternatives to cigarettes. People kind of use that as a justification or as an excuse and the fact of the matter is that we really just don't know uh, whether whether they are safer and to what extent they may or may not be safer. Correct. Yes. Um, so when you vape, a lot of people tend to do it more often because it's more convenient. Mm. You don't have that smell. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it inside your house. So people who want to quit sometimes think, oh, I'll go to a vape, but you're doing it more often. That's, yeah. you know, interesting. Uh, you think that you may be cutting back. You may actually be increasing your intake. 
Uh, and again, uh, especially that nicotine that is what gets you hooked uh, in, yes. the, in the first place. So what is uh, – you, you were kind of laying this out. If somebody was interested in availing themselves of a, the tobacco cessation services, what is the process uh, for that? How does that so- work? You do not need an outside referral to come to the pulmonary office, which is great. We love when people self-refer because nobody knows better than yourself when it's time to quit. Mm -hmm. Um, So you would make an appointment. I would visit with you first and we would talk about, you know, like I said, your smoking history. Um, Maybe if you've quit in the past, what helped and what made you start up again? Mm -hmm. Or some things that just didn't work. Maybe the patches made you sick or you didn't like that. So we kind of go over the plan with you and have that intimate conversation of what works best for you. And then we can do those nicotine replacement therapies. And a lot of it is behavior change as well. Taking yourself out of the situation that you normally are put in or you put yourself in every day mm-hmm. when you smoke. Yeah. I And I know that uh, in talking with my dad was a, a lifelong smoker. And a lot of times it was not uh, about the... It's about the habit as much as anything else. Right. I mean, the the habit of having uh, something in your hand and yes. having something to do with your hands that, you know, so there are all kinds of reasons why people take it up, all kinds of uh, things yes. that you have to work on to help people quit. Yes. Um, so, like you said, you can self-refer. What... How long does it usually take to go through the process? I would imagine that also is very individualized. But in general, uh, generally speaking, is this a a 30-day, a 90-day, a year-long process? I mean, what's the... It can can be year-long for some people. It just depends on the person and when they're ready. And if they're not ready, it it won't happen. Mm -hmm. So our job is to kind of coach them through it. Um, I I do see a lot of people with this past quarter saying, I want to quit in the new year. So Mm -hmm. we're really going to work on that. You know, we'll bring them into the office. um, And then I will touch base with them every couple weeks and say, Hey, how you doing? You know, just checking in on you. want to know that I'm here for you. Or, you know, that nicotine replacement therapy, is that working? Do you want to change that? You know, what, talk to me a little bit. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's is this something that is generally covered by insurance? Yes. Uh, in, in most cases? Yes, it is covered by most insurances. Um, a lot of the time we really won't know until we try. Mm-hmm. So we do have to make some adjustments, but that's that's perfectly feasible. Um, with some insurances that it's not covered, I do know that it's cheaper to just kind of buy out of pocket, you know, mm-hmm. pick up your patches at the pharmacy yeah. you know, over the counter. So you have uh, strategies. You can work with that uh, as yes, well. Yes. Uh, so in other words, that should not be a barrier no, no. for people. No, there's 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That is a, a, a website for people in Ohio that can call and they can kind of give you a, a tobacco cessation starter package where, mm-hmm. they, where they provide you with free patches and some information. Uh, again, uh, Amber Shavana is a medical assistant and tobacco cessation navigator with the Tobacco Cessation Program at Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine of Northwest Ohio. It's part of Blanchard Valley Health System. And again, if you're looking at uh, kicking the habit, whether against traditional uh, cigarettes uh, or, and this could be smokeless tobacco as well, right? Uh, and you know, even the newer vaping devices, those kind of things, if you find yourself uh, addicted to that and can't live without it, but you decide that you want to make that change, uh, now is a good time to uh, to give a call and get that process started. Yes, we are here for you. No time like the present. Amber, thanks very much for uh, taking you. the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. 
So as you may already know, CES is happening this week. The Consumer Electronics Show is the biggest tech event in the world where everyone who is anyone in the industry shows off their latest products and high-tech innovations. Uh, Things like the personal computer, high-definition televisions, home video games, even the VCR are just a few examples of innovations, technology uh, gadgets that were first introduced at the Consumer Electronics Show over the years. And, of course, because technology these days, more than ever, is such an important part of our lives, we always like to get the inside scoop on what people are buzzing about at CES in Las Vegas. The show actually begins today, and yesterday, ahead of today's opening, we spoke with tech expert Stephanie Humphrey. So what are people excited about this year at CES? What has the biggest buzz? Yeah, well, CES has always been that proving ground, right, for all those breakthrough technologies and global innovators. This year is no different. I'm working with some awesome brands to share that latest and greatest. And one trend that I'm seeing are tools that can help maximize our time and make our day-to-day tasks a little bit more convenient. And for me, that means cleaning. And making its debut this year right here at CES, the S8 Max V Ultra from Roborock is really redefining how we clean our home. The deep cleaning capability and self-maintenance features make cleaning more convenient than ever before. And with their corner-to-edge technology, which includes that flexi-arm side brush and the edge mop, cleaning those hard-to-reach places has never been easier. And my favorite part is you can start all of this good cleaning just by saying, hello, Rocky, and let the RoboRock take care of the rest. <laughs> I love, See, these are my, that's my favorite, uh, my favorite part of CES are these uh, everyday things, the stuff that is practical that will undoubtedly make it into all of our homes sometime in the very near future um now i know online security and safety always a big focus especially in recent years what kind of technology are you seeing to help protect people as they are navigating this constantly online world that we live in Right, right. One of the other big trends for CES is artificial intelligence, and we've seen companies integrate AI in very innovative ways, but it's also been an opportunity for scammers to find new ways to take advantage of us online. So you've probably seen those videos with that too-good-to-be-true deal that looks like it's coming from a celebrity, but a lot of that stuff is scams, and it's created with AI. So just in time for CES, online protection experts McAfee have unveiled their new AI-powered deepfake audio detection technology. Mm. And this is going to help people differentiate between the real and the fake content on the internet. It's known as Project Mockingbird, and this technology is going to be a reliable research for consumers with all of this misleading AI-generated material online. And Project Mockingbird is on its way, and McAfee is working very furiously to integrate it as part of McAfee Plus. So we're keeping an eye out for that this year. Really exciting stuff coming from McAfee. Absolutely, especially as you say, there's been so much talk about artificial intelligence and some of the pitfalls that holds great promise, but also some pitfalls. So really cool. We'll be watching for that. 
uh, as we mentioned, this is where this is where everything uh, got its start uh, in the electronic space, all the way back to uh, the the VCR and lots of uh, technologies and toys um, geared for kids get their start. Uh, right here, I remember years ago when the Atari made its uh, debut at CES, and oh, now it's saying, "Now I'm you're taking me back." That's you're taking me back. that's my <laughs> my toy, my childhood toy video game. Uh, so, what is new geared for the kids this year? Well, you know, finding perfect tech gadgets for kids can be a little tough because on the one hand, we want something that's going to help them learn and develop, but we also don't want to encourage too much screen time. And that balance can be a real challenge for us these days. But Tony's is an awesome screen-free educational toy option for kids. And just in time for New Year, there are three new Tony's that can help your kid develop healthy habits like yoga, mindfulness, and potty training. So you pop one of the Tony's on top of the Tony box, and they play a variety of different stories and songs and lessons that really help develop children's emotional intelligence, but with age-appropriate tech. And this is perfect for parents who want to embrace that technology but don't want their kids staring at a screen all day long. So I love this one especially. That is great and uh, certainly brings up a good point that not all technology necessarily involves a screen. We mentioned artificial That's intelligence right. We mentioned artificial intelligence kind of going part and parcel to that. Uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, those gadgets have been really big the past several years. What is the latest in VR this year? Yeah, AR and VR is still going to be hot at, at, at CES this year. Um, and the technology has really come a long way. We have the X-Real Air 2 Pro AR glasses. And these are a great option for gaming, for watching movies and TV, if you're working at a desk, or if you just want to incorporate augmented reality into your day-to-day -day life. They turn nearly any device into a 130-inch virtual big screen that only you can see through the glasses and become because they look like normal sunglasses, they're going to fit right in your pocket and they're going to just blend seamlessly throughout your day. So you'll take them with you wherever you go. And this is like next gen wearable tech and spatial computing together. These are super, super cool. So some of the technology that is getting some serious buzz at this year's Consumer Electronics Show, tech expert Stephanie Humphrey is with us this morning from Las Vegas. Where do we get more information on all of this? So for more info on everything I covered, you can just head to my website at stephaniehumphrey.com or you can just follow me on Instagram at techlifesteph. Definitely worth checking out because this is the technology that we're all going to be using in our lives here in the very near future, I would suspect. Stephanie, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. We have got the link to the official CES website at our webpage at goodmornings.net. If you want to check it all out, and tomorrow we'll check in again in Las Vegas for an update from the Consumer Electronics Show officially opens today. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. We begin today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news with the story of a wildlife photographer in Wales. Rodney Holbrook is his name. 
He set up a camera in his tool shed to investigate uh, the mysterious movements of various objects. He noticed in his tool shed that things were being moved around. Small things, little things, uh, getting moved around inexplicably. So he set up a camera to capture any movement uh, in his tool shed overnight. And what he discovered was a bit surprising. A diligent mouse was nightly, every night would come in and tidy up his shed by, by collecting various scattered items, including nails and even small tools, and placing them in a tray on a shelf in his shed. The mouse would come up and clean everything up. Uh, would pick up everything that had been dropped and scattered about and uh, place the items in a tray on the shelf in the shed. Mr. Holbrook, amused by the rodent's behavior, now says he leaves items out intentionally so, so that the mouse, which he has named the Welsh Tidy Mouse, uh, has something to clean up. <laughs> the nightly visits are not wasted. Um, apparently, it's more than just the one mouse. Uh, occasionally, uh, some of the mouse's companions will come to uh, help with the organization of things. Gareth Davies, uh, a uh, rodent expert there in, in Wales, explains that mice are natural hoarders, and that's what the mouse is actually doing. It's not tidying up per se, just hoarding things that it finds, and it's found a place to put them there in the tray on the shelf. Uh, apparently, this is not the first time something like this has happened. In 2019, a similar incident went viral when a mouse in Bristol, England, was filmed at tidying up a shed. Mr. Holbrook, who was familiar with the with that video in 2019, expressed surprise at experiencing a similar occurrence occurrence uh, with the Welsh tidy mouse. So, it's <laughs> man, even the rodents in England are in in the United Kingdom are very polite and very very proper <laughs> even the rodents cleaning up that's actually a really cool story elsewhere in the uh, broken news a 26 year old woman uh posted online a story this has gone viral uh said she uninvited her best friend from her wedding uninvited her best friend from her wedding and the reason the woman said that the groom wanted her first it's nice to tell your best friend right before her wedding. Oh, the groom wanted me first. <laughs> That'll get you uninvited from a wedding. I would uh, I would have to side with the bride on this one. The bride claims that in the months leading up to the wedding, her best friend kept suggesting to friends and family that she let the bride have him. After I got engaged, she became very weird, the bride said. I'm worried that perhaps I'm ruining a lifelong friendship um, but at the same time, you know, by, and maybe I'm not being understanded, uh, understanding, but at the same time, uh, she might fly into a jealous rage at the wedding. We never know. It does seem like, uh, most of the, uh, posters, she shared this online. Most of the, uh, respondents, uh, are siding with the bride, uh, in this, uh, particular... <laughs> One person said, uninvite her and spare yourself some potential embarrassment on your wedding day. 
So, yeah, I can see that. It's just a weird story. Um, and that's what we do in the broken news. It's the weird, not an unusual side. This back to the UK. Uh, speaking of relationship fun, a, a woman broke into her ex-boyfriend's home and attempted to invade the bedroom with martial arts sticks. Uh, Bothip Kendre is her name. She was apparently furious when she found out that her ex-boyfriend, Stephen Woods, had been seeing another another woman and that she had been cohabitating with him, the other woman. Now, mind you, they're not together anymore. This is the ex. And he had the audacity to go and date someone else. So, uh, Ms. Kendre tore a mirror off his car threw planks of wood and smashed her way into the house through a window. Mr. Woods and his new girlfriend barricaded themselves inside the bedroom and called police. Um, Prosecutors say the defendant went upstairs and was trying to break into the bedroom using some martial arts sticks, which belonged to Mr. Woods. Using his martial arts sticks to try and break into the bedroom. Uh, prosecutors in the case say that Ms. Kendra has been required to perform con- community service and a restraining order has been issued. I read that story and I said, I just can't believe that that relationship didn't work out. I cannot believe that they weren't able to work out their differences. She seems like such a, a stable, level-headed woman. <laughs> and it just... Sometimes you're left wonder, wondering what went wrong. <laughs> um, speaking of things going very wrong and uh, people threatening other people, a man, uh, and I'm not sure exactly where uh, this is. Uh, it doesn't have a dateline on the uh, story. It just says, a man who police say threatened to kill an Airbnb guest has been arrested and charged. Authorities say Thomas Murphy had been drinking all day and became enraged when he realized that a father and her young da- and his uh, young daughter were staying in an Airbnb that shared a wall with the one in which he was staying. He allegedly banged on the door, separating the two units while holding a gun and threatened to kill the man. He, uh... <laughs> he also reportedly smashed windows and destroyed a wooden handrail in his unit. Mr. Murphy... Faces several charges, including making threats of violence and carrying a dangerous weapon under the influence of alcohol. And I would imagine uh, that Airbnb host is not going to get a good review. That's that's crazy. (laughs) And you've got a uh, story to tell when you get back from vacation. You'll never believe what happened to me at the Airbnb. It's not a good recommendation for that Airbnb, uh, Airbnb, I don't imagine. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, here's a relationship story that kind of has a happy ending, I guess. This is in Indianapolis, where a coffee house in Indy was thrown into chaos when a couple decided to stage a pop-up wedding. Problem is, they didn't warn the owners of the coffee house ahead of time. Uh, The uh, owners of the Mansion Society in Hawthorne, outside of Indianapolis, uh, shared a post on Instagram saying... While our staff today was expecting just a normal day, we noticed a downpour of patrons suddenly walking in. Minutes later, 
the horde who left gifts, coats, and purses scattered about the place were joined by a full-blown bridal party, a wedding officiant, and photographers who proceeded to have a wedding ceremony, all with zero knowledge to us about what was going on. (laughs) It's like they just picked the, the place at random. A couple of days after the uh, coffee shop owners posted the story, uh, they shared a further update, noting that the couple had offered them a $200 donation as a form of compensation for the hassle. They've sent the couple an invoice, though the uh, establishment says they are not expecting any sort of compensation because the couple doesn't see themselves that they have done anything wrong here. But uh, suffice to say, it doesn't say what the, uh, the the amount of the invoice they have sent. They've offered to pay them 200 bucks. The invoice, presumably, is for much more than that, for completely disrupting <laughs> the order of business for that day at the coffee house. Would you can imagine. <laughs> but they got married and they lived happily ever after, I guess. So uh, all is well that uh, ends well, I guess, at the end of the, end of the day. There, there you go. Some of the... Odd and unusual stories. Uh, that is today's broken news report. And with that, we return you now to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN is your home of Finley Trojan basketball. This is Tim Montgomery. Join me and Coach Cliff Height as we follow Jim Rookie's Trojans throughout the season. From the opening tip to the final buzzer, you'll get every drive, every dunk, and every free throw. Up next on Friday night, the Trojans and Sylvania Northview. The Finley Trojans play here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. New Year's resolution time this time of year. Um, and a lot of the, you see you see a lot of the same ones over and over again. Uh, this time of year, we want to get into better shape. Maybe you want to find that special someone. If you are particularly you know, bold in your prediction, you want to find that special someone. But this year, Americans are favoring their diet uh, over their dating. Apparently, according to a new survey, 34% of Americans are prioritizing eating healthier versus the 22% who say that their love lives are the most important thing for 2024. (laughs) Just 9% say their careers are their priority heading into the new year. According to this survey, 57% say they plan to make more ethical food choices. 56% say they want to plan their meals to be more eco-friendly. Uh, going with that healthy lifestyle resolution. 37% say they plan to eat less red meat in the new year. 63% say they plan to make at least one healthier swap from their usual diet, say eating more fruits instead of candy or water instead of soft drinks. 73% predict cooking for themselves and making those healthy swaps will not be easy. Uh, but that is their priority nonetheless. For those who are already coupled up and don't have to worry about their love lives, 28% say they plan to get in better shape for their partner. Just 19% say they are doing it for themselves. But I thought that was that top-line number. More Americans are prioritizing getting into better shape than finding that special someone. And maybe that's because, in a separate survey, about 20% of Americans 
say that it is harder to commit to a workout plan than it is to commit to a partner. (laughs) We're pushing ourselves because it's actually harder to do the diet thing than find romance. This is a poll from that was commissioned by Freeletics, the uh, athletic wear company. 2,000 adults, they asked 2,000 adults who work out at least once a week, 68% of the respondents in this survey are likely to stick with a workout routine because it's comfortable, even if they aren't seeing results. This is kind of interesting. 53% say they will stay with the wrong partner for the same reason. (laughs) So more people will stick with a workout routine, even if it's not getting results, versus the number will stay (laughs) with with a partner when it's not getting results. (laughs) It tells you something, doesn't it? Deal breakers for relationships and workout plans include money spent, location, and time. (laughs) So the deal breakers are the same. The uh, data shows that balancing fitness and romantic relationships often involves navigating the same waters, time investment, cost considerations, and finding joy in the process. Um, The uh, company, Freeletics, Commission the survey said this common ground highlights how intertwined our personal well-being and our relationships can be. Recently, the Community Foundation announced that 2024 will be another year of fun for all. The free events around the community. Brian Treese, President and CEO of the Community Foundation is with us in the studio this morning. This is, I know we've talked about this uh, in the past, this is a, uh, an initiative, a program that was born out of the pandemic. Right, so out of community conversations, we've done them now twice. And the, the first round we heard about affordable community activities. Mm-hmm. And so we, we dug into that a little bit, the second round of conversations, asking people what they meant. And what folks in our community really meant were free things to yeah. do, uh, no, no strings attached, just mm-hmm. for fun. Yeah. And so we, we thought we would try it in January of 2023, just for a couple months during the cold months. And it was far better uh, received than we ever could have imagined. And now last year in 2023, we allocated $100,000 for that initiative and over 10,000 people. Uh, participated. Wow. So we said, let's do it again. What's really been uh, interesting to see, not just the community's response in terms of people coming out to these events, uh, are the variety of events that people have come up with to fit into this program. We have been so lucky to have nonprofit organizations really uh, grab onto this. Mm -hmm. So we have, like you said, all kinds of things. So we have, I'll give a couple examples. We have a lot of things at 50 North. Um, outside of what they already offer, which is significant. Then we have things like free ice skating at the Cube, free days at the Children's Museum, free kayak and paddle boat rentals at uh, the Riverside Park. And then we did at every public pool in Hancock County free admissions. So all across the board, uh, we showed National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, in December (laughs) for adults. That's that's right. uh, Trying to meet as many needs as possible. uh, So folks just have one more option for Mm -hmm. something Purely fun to do. How many of these have been uh, things that happen anyway, or that have been have been happening in the community, or happen in the community that you can make free without cost, versus the number of things that have uh, just been kind of 
I guess for lack of a better term, kind of pop-up events created because of this? I would say it's about a 50-50 split uh, because we recognize that um, in in many of our communities, the pool Mm -hmm. is an asset. Yeah. And so it's something that people have fond memories of swimming. Yeah. Uh, But if cost is a barrier, then you don't get to participate in that. Right. So just as important as the new activities, the new ideas, it's making sure that those things that matter, uh, ice skating, uh, Children's Museum, are free so that folks at least every so often can participate and have that shared experience. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, you mentioned ice skating at the Cube. There's another one of those free skates coming up this weekend, as a matter of fact. Right. On the 13th, both at 1 to 3 and 9 to 11 p.m. out at the Cube. And again, it's absolutely free for during those hours for anyone who wants to come out and you know, ice skate, you talk about a, this is something that they do quite often through the, uh, through the season. But one of those experiences that if you've never done it, it's an awful lot of fun. And this gives everybody the opportunity. If you love it, it's a way to do it for free. If you've never tried it, there is no risk, uh, (laughs) except for just please be safe. Uh, (laughs) I don't say no risk. (laughs) You haven't seen me ice skate clearly. Just Uh, have fun. It's it's a time to come together and have fun. Uh, We have quite a few things in the works. If folks follow our Facebook page, or our website at community-foundation.com. Every month you'll see a a new list. Uh, We have some new things, art classes through Awakening Minds this year, which are are new and should be fun. Okay. Uh, Some returning favorites as well. I I was going to ask because uh, that event this weekend is really the only thing that's posted there right now for 2024. So are you in the process of kind of fleshing that out, what that schedule is going to look like uh, for the year ahead? Right. So it's important to us before we release it to make sure all the logistics are handled. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you look, that's the only thing scheduled right now. In January, uh, but in February, we have some things already getting scheduled, and then March. Um, so every month, we'll release a schedule. And uh, as you were alluding to, you've worked with a number of nonprofits and uh, agencies, organizations throughout the community. Uh, how much of that has been those individuals coming to the Community Foundation saying, hey, we have an idea, versus you reaching out and saying, hey, is there a way that we can make this a free event? It's a vast majority of nonprofits know this is an initiative, so mm-hmm. they'll bring things to us. Like 50 North said, here's programming we would love to do. Yeah. Uh, so we can help with that. Um, and so it then, gives them the opportunity to introduce something new right. and make it available to everyone on top. Right. A great example is that Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, the idea of showing a movie mm-hmm. in the auditorium, this allowed us to try it twice, once yeah. with a family-friendly movie and then once with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So yeah. we could see, does it work and is it something the community responds to? Mm-hmm. So what is the process? I mean, uh, the reason I bring that up is because, again, you're in the process of fleshing out what 2024 will look like. If I am part of an organization or a group and I've got an idea, how, does, how do they get on the schedule? Sure. Any nonprofit organization. So if you're not associated with a nonprofit, talk to some of your favorite nonprofits. See who's in it or interested. Mm-hmm. And if you are part of a nonprofit, reach out to our office. Kimberly and Cassie are leading this initiative internally, and they would be happy to have that conversation with you. Is, are you shooting for a set number per month? or is- No, because we realize that different times of year, there's already existing programming, and mm-hmm. we don't want to make it so 
there's too many difficult choices. Uh, so it all depends on when it fits into the community calendar mm-hmm. and then when it fits into the nonprofits who are actually putting these events together yeah. when it fits into their calendar. So just a uh, call to the Community Foundation to get the ball rolling if you have an idea on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's a lot of fun. Um, and again, you want to watch the uh, website and the Facebook page for more information about coming events throughout the course of the year. Uh, it's another year of fun for all events from the uh, Community Foundation. And just real quickly... How cool is it to be able to uh, be able to facilitate uh, all of this? I mean, it's what you do, right. but on a uh, a community uh, centric level, so. right? So our mission is to improve the quality of life for all in the community, and mm-hmm. we recognize that there's a great deal of privilege which with being able to do that. And because of the donors through the years that have supported our work, now we can still focus on those things that matter most: housing, transportation, workforce and also have a special initiative that is built purely around having fun. Uh, and because of our donors through the years, we are able to do this. And it's, it's, we have the best jobs in Hancock County. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun for you. Oh, definitely. With these fun for all events for everyone else. Definitely. So. When you get to go and see smiling faces, yeah. uh, there's not much better Absolutely. than serving our community. Again, uh, Brian Therese is president and CEO of the Community Foundation. Another year of fun for all kicking off in 2024. We've got a link up on our webpage for more information. Brian, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the Ohio Homebuyer Plus program is now officially up and running. State Treasurer Robert Sprague explains how it's designed to help people afford their piece of the American dream. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.